0: Our God by Chris Tomlin Jeff Grant here I'm the pastor of the Serena Uniting Church And you're listening to Radio Church on 4CRM Mackay That's 107.5 FM And I'm really glad to be here with you today And I pray that you'll be blessed as you join with me in the music and the message I'd like to make a brief prayer to start with Our Father, we are here to worship you in our homes, or wherever we might be, wherever we're listening. Lord, may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to your word and the songs of praise. And Lord, give us new insight and power in our relationship with you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Dear ones, the Holy Bible says, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God being put to death in the body but being made alive by the spirit and now let's hear from grand kendrick as he sings shine jesus shine Jeff Grant, and today's message is called Qualities for Life and Eternity, Part 2. This is actually the second part of two messages. The first uh, was broadcast on the 6th of June. So this passage comes from, as you remember last month, from the Gospel of Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. We looked at verses 1 through 6, and now we're going to look at verses uh, 7 through 10. I'll read them for you. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I've called this qualities for life and eternity. Now, Jesus Christ, God's Son, He came to earth as a man, primarily to provide us, or for us, the way to heaven, and to teach us how to live an abundant life here on earth. Now in this lovely Sermon on the Mount, Jesus sets out the qualities for eternity, which he wants you and me, all believers, to achieve during our journey on earth. So our journey is all about being changed into the character and qualities of Christ. This is a subsequent to our salvation. It's got nothing to do with with how we're saved. This is what happens after we're saved. And this is the process of sanctification that the Bible talks about in many places. In fact, these qualities are the character of a disciple, the follower of Jesus. Now last time we talked about the four passive personal qualities. We looked at spiritual inadequacy, blessed are the poor in spirit, Spiritual regret, blessed are those who mourn. Spiritual humility, blessed are the meek. And spiritual longing, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Today, in part two, we're looking into the second half of the Beatitudes, the four active social qualities. The first four are inward qualities, and the second four today are how we see and treat others. It is so important that we're to live a life of love, and forgiveness, mercy and grace towards other people, for that draws people towards the cross and towards faith in Jesus. Now this first beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is I've called point one, compassionate in spirit, it's the first earthly and eternally active quality. Now you could read this, oh the bliss of the merciful people, isn't that lovely? Mercy is always shown, dear ones, to the undeserving, or to the guilty, otherwise it would be mere justice they are getting to those who deserve it. But mercy is the quality that lets you enter into the other person's condition and situation and experience, uh, and yet still be sympathetic to their situation. Last time we talked about meekness as point one, and likewise uh, mercy is a distinctive Christian grace. You know, we are much more prone to criticize than show mercy. We're much more uh, prone to show fault. And mercy is an action. Uh, it's not something you just feel, it's something you do. People can feel pity and still do nothing. Mercy takes action, it does something. And, and while it doesn't condone sin, it seeks to repair the damage. In fact, only mercy can encourage the foreign one to start all over again. Now, Jesus sees the natural response to those who show mercy. They also will receive mercy. The disciples that followed Jesus were often rather hard towards people who weren't part of their group or didn't do the right thing. And At one stage, uh, James and John said to the Lord, uh, well, we call down fire on that village that, that didn't receive him. And Jesus had to rebuke them because, unfortunately, like many of us, they were very slow to learn. But Jesus is the one who shows mercy. Of course, when he was nailed to the cross, the first thing he said was, Father, forgive them, the people who were doing it to him. They don't know what they're doing. A curious thing happened in the church in the early days uh, during one of the Roman persecutions. Uh, Many people... uh, rejected their faith because they had to worship the emperor and if they didn't worship the emperor and show allegiance to him they could be put in prison or worse and in fact that could happen to their family their children so sadly in one particular place many christians abandoned their faith but when that that persecution was over several months or years later those same people wanted to come back in the church and and renew their faith and there were some people in the church who were reluctant to do that. They didn't like the idea of receiving these people back. They'd already denied Christ. They'd, they'd uh, betrayed him virtually. But mercy went out, and uh, church tradition and church records told us that, or tell us that these people were received back in the church. What would you have done in those circumstances? Because mercy is one of those great signs of a Christian. There's no such thing as a Christian who won't forgive someone. Anyone in the family or a neighbor or someone has hurt them. A Christian is someone who shows mercy in just the same way that the Lord Jesus Christ showed mercy. We're going to pause for a moment while we listen to Jeff Bullock as he sings, "O oh the mercy of God. Part one of my message is compassionate in spirit. That's one of these great qualities. And part two is the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, Matthew 5.8 says, for they will see God. You could read this as, Ah, oh, the bliss of the truly sincere. <laughs> I have to say that clearness of vision comes out of a clean heart. Jesus is actually stating inward purity and an inward reality rather than an outward respectability. It's not just that we look uh, like we're pure, we're really pure inside because the Holy Spirit wants to dwell in the hearts of the humble and the repentant and people who are seeking uh, for righteousness to to fill them. God's revelation is never given to those with just a high elect unless there is an accompanying heart cleanness. I have to tell you that sin fogs our vision. And in this passage, purity means unadulterated or free from the law and without hypocrisy. There's nothing here that offends God. And Jesus promises they will see God. Now, I'm reading a book uh, by a missionary um, a leader who had the good fortune uh, back in the 1940s to meet Billy Graham when he was a young man, still in Bible college. And his first sight of Billy Graham, this man writing the book, said was remarkable because he saw an amazing purity of soul looking at the eyes of this young man. It's no wonder that God used him so mightily uh, through the through the 50 or 60 years of ministry. Billy Graham's life verse was from Acts 24, 16, which says was with Paul, said, I always take pains to have a conscience um, clean of offence towards man and towards God. So Billy Graham all through his life strove to have a clean conscience. And that's what purity of heart means. How are you doing with your conscience? Let me share some scripture from Second 2 Timothy 2.20, talking about a pure heart. In a lounge house, there are dishes and bowls of all kinds. Some are made of silver, some made of gold, others of wood and clay. Some are for special occasions, other for ordinary use. If anyone makes himself clean from all these evil things, he will be useful for special purposes, because he is dedicated and useful to his master, ready to be used for every good deed. And then he goes on to say, Avoid the passions of youth and strive for righteousness, faith, love, and peace, together with those who, with a pure heart, call out to the Lord for help. But keep away from foolish and ignorant arguments. You know that they end up in quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. He or she must be kind towards all, a good and patient teacher who is gentle as he corrects his opponents. For it may be that God will give them the opportunity to repent. And come to know the truth. And then they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who had caught them and made them obey his will. The pure in heart are people who are useful to God, who are available to him, who can do great things for the kingdom of God because they're close to Jesus. I hope that's your experience. Now I'm going to play a lovely song from George Beverly Shea. I've been speaking about Billy Graham. Uh, And I heard Bev Shea sing this song in 1968 at the Billy Graham crusade. He's going to sing for us, How Great Thou Art. second quality pure in heart blessed are the pure in heart and now the third quality is conciliatory in spirit Uh, Matthew 5 9 says blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God you could read that as oh the bliss of those who create harmony among people now Jesus did not say here peace lovers or peace keepers but those who make peace, who create peace, who bring about peace between warring people or warring factions. In fact, the peacemakers, they are. Neither is it those who maintain an existing peace, but people who go into a situation of empathy or broken peace and then take steps to restore it. The Lord is not discussing a pacifist here, but a reconciler. Do you make peace between brothers and sisters? I hope so. Now, in reality, such peace will dearly cost the peacemaker. Both sides will attack those who are neutral. I remember being called upon to council a couple once several years ago in a faraway place, and uh, when I tried to point out they were both wrong, they both attacked me. <laughs> However, as time went on, uh, we came to a, a reconciliation between them. Now, Jesus' disciples are to follow the one who made peace with his own body and blood. It cost Jesus to make peace between man and man, and man and woman and God. Now, to be a lover of peace is fine and good, but to be a promoter of peace is a much higher calling. Because Jesus said, they will be called the children of God. I want to remind you that peacemakers are those who bring peace between people, who are having some difficulty, and they encourage each other to forgive and to and to forget whatever caused the trouble in the first place. But not only that, but peacemakers are also those who make peace between people and God, and and peacemakers are uh, evangelists in a way, or, or witnesses to the to the love and the grace of God. We need people to know that God is waiting to bring them into his kingdom so that we'll be peacemakers and we'll help people be restored or built in to the family of God. I can think of no greater task in life than to make peace between man and God. I'd like to share with you now a song called Jesus Paid It All from the Newsboys. Here they are.
1: say (tries) you <tries>
0: Listening to Radio Church on 4CRM. And we're looking at qualities for life and eternity. Jesus said, Blessed are the compassionate in spirit, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the conciliatory in spirit. And the fourth and final, earthly and eternal passive quality is unswerving in loyalty. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. you could read that. Oh, the bliss of the sufferer for Christ. (laughs) I'm laughing because who looks forward to suffering? But when you are loyal to Jesus, suffering will come. It's inevitable. What was done to the Saviour will be done to his disciples. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, They hated me because I, I taught the world about sin, and they'll hate you for the same reason. Insult? Injury and persecution um, are likely to come uh, to those who are loyal to Christ, but it may also work a blessing in that divine compensation that will come. Jesus said, "For theirs is the kingdom of heaven." And great, a little bit later on in, in Matthew five, he said, "Great is your reward in heaven." Now there are, the the verb here has the meaning of have been persecuted. These disciples have already experienced that following Jesus and they're about to see a lot worse happen suffering dear ones is the authentic mark of the Christian the Apostle Peter wrote even if you should suffer for doing what is right you're blessed but not all suffering is blessed I have to point out to you there there are conditions for the kind of suffering that Jesus is talking about here blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of your loyalty to Jesus. So therefore, firstly, it must be for righteousness and not through fanaticism or tactlessness. This persecution must never be because of one's own sin or failure or wrongdoing, but it must be for Christ's sake, suffering that arises from our consistent loyalty to Him. Now, Jesus is sharing this message on a mountaintop to all his disciples, and people, hundreds of people are scattered all around, and two of the people there were James, uh, the brother of John, and Peter, the brother of Andrew. And sadly, but shortly after uh, Jesus' suffering on the cross, James was beheaded uh, by Herod, the king. He was put to death. Peter was about to be uh, killed, but he was saved by an angel. You read about that and. In uh, Acts chapter 12 when Peter was set free by the angel but in uh, the 60s AD 60s under the persecution of, of Nero Peter was crucified upside down tradition says and also the apostle Paul was beheaded being a Roman citizen about that same time because of that same persecution through the years there's been outbreaks of persecution, persecution towards uh, Christians especially at the beginning and it seems to me that there's more and more laws being passed by our governments both state and federal that go right against the teaching of the word of God and it may very well be that, that uh, we may face that kind of persecution in the years ahead when we're confronted with ungodly laws and we take a stand against them what do you think will happen to you? How do you think you would face circumstances like that? But the word of God says here, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Dear ones, we've been looking at qualities, um, earthly and eternal active qualities, that are to do with our relation with other people. We're to be compassionate in spirit. We're to show uh, mercy to people who offend us, have uh, done something or are caught up in some kind of sin or difficulty we're to show them mercy so our, our first and normal reaction should be merciful we need to be pure in heart for we live in a very unclean world and we need to take steps to do whatever it takes to have a heart clean so that we can be used abundantly by God we are to be conciliatory in spirit, that is we're to be peacemakers between people that we know who are in kinds of family disputes whatever that might be and particularly to make peace between people and God by sharing our faith, our testimony our life experience and dear ones we're to be unswerving in loyalty uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ and in so doing it is inevitable that we'll suffer persecution, rejection uh, or whatever in some form or another I'm going to play a song for you now from Alan Jackson The Old Rugged Cross, here's Alan this ends our radio church broadcast on 4CRM Mackay 107.5 FM now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our saviour be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever God bless you until we meet again And now we close now with another song of praise and inspiration from Robert Mark as he sings There is No Other Name.
1: And the captain set free and forgiven. There is no other name, but we spend. Praise that foe.